You are listening to Mommying While Muslim podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post 9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommy One Muslim Podcast. This is Uzma Jaffrey. This is Zeba Hassan, and we are looking at Uzma, hopefully not from a jail cell, because I don't see bars in the background. So um, for people that didn't know and do, don't necessarily follow us on um, social it's media, good. which, by the way, is me, <laughs> I had to find out about it after the fact. Um, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about your arrest, yeah, believe yeah, it or not? Time for everything, right? I always say I'll try anything once, um, at least once. So alhamdulillah, there was, um, you know, a peaceful demonstration that was happening outside of one of our uh, local senators, or not local, he's our senator who represents us in Congress. So naturally, we wanted to ask him to call for a ceasefire because it is the humane thing to do at this point. Um, Actually, probably four weeks ago, it was appropriate, continues to be even more urgent. And, you know, we just wanted an audience with our senator, even if it was via phone. And we decided that we were not going to leave until we got that. And the staff was very polite and very nice and very accommodating uh, until the point when they decided that, okay, we had to leave. And we were like, we're not leaving until we talk to our senator because our phone calls, our letters are all going unanswered. You need to get the stock form. And it's like, thank yes, you for coming. Exactly. And this is what, the, you know, they have their little um, uh, standard answer. But it's not anything useful, and it's like if we're tax-paying citizens, then we really want to make sure that we have access to our lawmakers and that they are uh, representing us truly uh, in the way that we want to. And, you know, it ended up that they warned us that we would be, uh, they would be calling the police, which they did. And it was really funny because out of like 60 demonstrators, there was about 10 of us who were like, okay, we're willing to risk arrest. Um, and it was really funny, Zewa, because I was so nervous. I was so scared when I agreed the night before. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. And I still wasn't sure. And I was like, yeah, Allah, if this is the correct thing for me, please make it easy. Hasbi Allah wa ni'mal wakil, the exact line that Allah is sufficient for me. Um, the, the line that our brothers and sisters are saying in Gaza every time they have catastrophic things happening to them, something as simple as me showing up to a demonstration, possibly getting arrested, it also is used for those who are not Muslim and don't know why we're saying the same thing. Um, but I was truly like diarrhea scared, right? So um, I was like, just do it. That's what happens. Because that's me. what happens with us. <laughs> when I get nervous, my GI tract is like gone. <laughs> so um, in any case, I woke up the next morning. I like prayed myself to sleep, woke up the next morning, and wallahi, these pants, You, I've been talking to you about my favorite pants missing since March. Yeah. Were yeah. Literally, Zabo, yeah. right on top of the clothes. That I had taken off the night before. How did my pants end up oh on top of my clothes from the night before? You tell me, Allahu Akbar, that's the only reason. And I, these yeah. are my favorite Her pants. Favorite I even pants. contacted the designer. I was like, please, I've lost my pants. Can you make them? And she was like, I've lost the pattern. I can't. So, subhanAllah, I found them right on top of everything. And I'm like, okay, this may be a dumb sign for other people, but this is how important these pants are to me that Allah gave them back. So, at that point, like I was, the diarrhea was gone. I was resolved. I went to the training. I did everything. And so when, you know, 50, 60 tactically armed to the teeth officers arrived, um, mm-hmm. it wasn't even scary. It was just kind of like, you guys are going to look so dumb, you know, because they're like, are you ready to spend the night in jail? And yes. the jail here is really gross. 
And no, I wasn't. Like, oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, it's fine. But I had already geared myself. Like, I'm going to smell pee all night. I'm not going to be able to go to the bathroom. I'm not going to eat anything. No problem. But when you do demonstrations like this, you do it in a very organized fashion. So there's like press support. There's legal support. Everybody yes. is there. You don't have to worry about getting locked up and not being able to get out or getting a lawyer. All of that is already done for you by the demonstrators. So, you know, they arrested us and I had handcuffs on. And as I'm saying to everybody for the first time in public, and it wasn't that bad. Um, they took me in a car and uh, the police, interestingly enough, the station was eight minutes away and it took them 25 minutes to get there because they got lost. So this tells you how well prepared our police are. Uh, and then <laughs> they processed oh us for about 15 minutes because there was 10 of us. And then they took our handcuffs off, took us outside and said, you're free to go. So we never even got to go to jail. We were never jailed. Because, uh, you yeah, just went so through all the they process. did was us yes. passing, gave us a ticket, essentially, and let us go, although they had warned us all this like, scary stuff about jail, um, only, I think, to make us examples. But I believe they got called yes, from the senator, like, that. hey, don't put peaceful protesters in jail. It's going to look bad, you know, because as anybody who's seen the real, and I think, like, there's some 70,000 people who have at this point, um, you know, we call them out. We're like, we pay you, dude. Like, you need to do what we say. So... I have gotten over my fear of getting arrested and I'm willing to do it again because it really wasn't that bad, alhamdulillah. And, you know, if our brothers and sisters aren't willing to leave their patients and they're facing bombs, I think I can face some handcuffs yes. and face a night of like slop and dirty water in a jail because I have so much more privilege and I'm going to use at this point my body because my words and my writing have not been enough to make change. 46 years old and I want to see a free Palestine. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that. And for people that are listening, obviously, let's keep the protests peaceful. Let's keep um, the engagement going. Because the truth of the matter is, I know it feels like it's not working, but it is working. We're slowly chipping it away. We're actually so much further than we've ever been in years in, of past. So it doesn't feel like it because it feels like for every two steps forward, we're taking one and a half steps backwards, but we will keep chipping away. And for the people that do have privilege, like Uzma, like myself, that can speak out without necessarily um, major retaliation, we're going to keep doing those good works. If you want to help um, with the behind the scenes, you're not quite ready to do like in, in public, in sport, please contact us. We have lists and lists and lists of ways for you to get involved that it wouldn't necessarily come back to you for retaliation. So that's just something we're putting out there. Um, and as you probably can hear from the background, because all of us are in different places, with it's the end of November and our kiddos are home. My college boy surprised us and I was so super excited to see his face. You know, it's the end of November. It's at that time. Um, but we still have one one amazing mompreneur left to talk about to kind of close off our Muslim Moms Kick You Know What series. Our guest series is none other than the remarkable Mindful Muslim, excuse me, the visionary behind Mindful Muslim, a movement that encompasses everything that you can possibly need. Uzma's tireless uh, a movement like she she cyber stalks everybody and her podcast research brought her to our attention and now we can't wait to introduce her to our audience you probably already know her please join us in giving us a warm welcome to mindful muslima yeah both sisters yeah Alhamdulillah, so good to have you finally i know this has been in uh the works for a while but we got it done we are three busy mamas um, you know, juggling multiple balls, and I'm glad that they all landed in a row now, alhamdulillah. 
So we'd like to kick off the podcast by asking a little bit about your momming story, whatever you're comfortable sharing about your kids. Uh, we generally recommend not mentioning the names of your children because they're usually minors uh, for a lot of our guests. And then what your momming philosophy is. Yeah, sure. Um, so a lot of people are shocked, you know, I actually, well, I've raised six kids. Um, so, you know, it's not all the mine, but I've raised six and five are pretty much like biological. And so at the end, I have six grandkids and my kids range from the end of maybe 25 is my oldest and my youngest is now eight. And that feels crazy that that's my youngest now. So yeah, so we have we have a lot of, a, some of them are married and have their own kids. And then some of them are still with me. The two youngest that are still in the house are eight and 12. Mm -hmm. And so I actually had my kids and then I had a 10 to 11 year break. And then I had another set. So women who have done that, you learn a lot. Like, oh my gosh, it's almost like a second chance. <laughs> you know, like, because you, you go and you look at everything you did the first time and you got to see it like full circle. Like, at, oh, wow, I I, they got graduated, they got married and how did that go? So then when you have the next set of smaller ones, you're like, oh, I should, you know, tweak my style. So I had a bit of help in that regard, but, um, you know, with the time. But other than that, I guess my mommying, mommying philosophy is just really like I am a lifelong learner. And I know that my kids are teaching me about myself, about life, about each other every day. Um, I just happen to be a, a, an educator by profession. So I guess that's why I also think about teaching and learning and how, like, even though I now can teach you know, millions from the podcast, I do also take the role of student every day. And definitely my kids school me on the regular. <laughs> yeah, they're not shy about doing that at all. Um, no. So for those who don't know you, and, you know, like you said, you have such a huge following online and on the podcast, I'd be surprised who doesn't. But um, whatever you can share about uh, your family background and how you got into this work would be really helpful for those who haven't heard of mindfulness and them before. Yeah, sure. Um, this work came out of, I'll just say first, this work came out of just like like all of us, like that gut passion, like I have to say something, I have to do something. Just like I heard you were telling your story about, you know, protesting. It's like, you just feel like I have to step up and do something, totally. So what happened was for me, um, I have, I was an educator for, you know, 20 plus, maybe at that time, at that time, maybe it was 10 years, now it's 25 plus years. And I did anything from teaching to admin and beyond. And I was doing consulting for the whole board of education over the U.S. And then I went over to Dubai to help them to um, do startup schools, Islamic schools. And basically what happened for me was while I'm doing that, I'm doing volunteer work on the side in New York City since the, the late 1990s. Yes, I'm that old, like at the advent of like YouTube and everything. And so subhanAllah, as I'm doing that, the same problems kept coming. Women need this, women need that. And there were mm -hmm. no literal physical resources, right? We're all just like going to the mosque, trying to ask a sheikh, oh, this is embarrassing. Oh, I don't want, you know. So it was just really like us grappling in the dark for resources, even till today, it's in some regard, right? Or we're looking for the non-Muslims and all their podcasts and their shows and their motivational speakers, trying to figure mm -hmm. out my life. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I noticed a lot of the Muslims are gravitating to Hindu influence, Buddhist influence, and they're not even really mm -hmm. that well aware because who sits there and sits through if this is Islamically aligned or not. So I put my educator hat on and my community leader hat on because at that time I was working with Islamic Relief, Aira, uh, Ikna, and all those big ones running community programs, doing pantries and so forth. And I was working, you know, as, as the educator as well. And something came to me and I couldn't take it anymore. And I said, I was just like sitting at night, one, late one night, and I was making the, uh, after like the 10th to 15th phone call, like that weekend of a sister asking me for help. And I said, 
Yeah, there has to be a better way than me just like phone calling with women every day. And and I made that and I made istikhara. And then I woke up the next day and I was driving to work and I was just like, this is what I meant to do. I meant to do something for women because like we're if we keep waiting, who's going to do that for us? So I had my humble beginnings on the podcast. I started the podcast Mindful Muslim Speaks maybe just like two and a half, three years ago. Totally just did it on the side while I was still, you know, figuring out my end of my career. Um, I got in a really cushiony job. You know, as women, we're trying to push ourselves to the limits. Our families are very like, you know, gung-ho, be a doctor, be a world leader. So I'm there. I, I reached the top, in my opinion, for myself, what I wanted. I got my six-figure job. It was really, really high and stressful. I had my trying to mommy and do something with that level of, like, mm-hmm. they're on you and they really expect, you know, results. And I said to myself, wow, this is what the top feels like. It's old. It's it's like it's, it's like it's really alone. It's just depressing and it's mean and ugly on the top. Mm-hmm. And this is not – But this is what I was reaching for. And then I – I believe at all. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I when I took the podcast on the side and I said, I'm just gonna do a little something. So I did that slowly, slowly. We ended up making resources, ebooks, PDF downloadables. I made, I think, five courses, and we have a full um Thrive Muslim international membership because imagine as I'm talking to the women, everything they want support while they're doing it. And I I can't do that. And I said, I'm not the be all end all. I have to just take all the women in the world and scoop them up. So we scooped up women from like Finland, Sweden, Nigeria, Pakistan, Mexico, um, everywhere in the world, the UK, US. And now they're all together on one online place and platform together and they get educated. They hang out together and all that good stuff. So we run the gamut. And the only other thing I do is I do podcast appearances or like in-person appearances and teaching still sometimes, but for the most point, I like I teach online either from my school or from the podcast or the the sisterhood. I I absolutely love that. So I, I want to go back to something you had um, said a little bit earlier, and it was something about how when mothers before your pl- your platform came to be, were looking for other, were looking at other sources for you know that concept of spirituality, connectivity, and without realizing how Islam is really rooted in that in that concept of spirituality and in every single thing that we do. So is that kind of the reason for this mindful Muslima um, name that you're you're creating on your platform? Or is it something that you're like, in doing these things, you will become a mindful I think that's Muslimah. a really great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that one before. I think it was a bit of both. And, you know, part of Islam is there's this concept of muraqaba. Muraqaba is mindfulness right? This self-awareness. We're hearing these mm-hmm. words, self-awareness, emotional awareness, emotional intelligence. And Islam has always had that. So it is, it is mm-hmm. me saying, I want to save our women. And the first way to do that is to stay perpetually self-aware and mindful, mindful of my food yes. choices, mindful of my words, of my actions as a mother, as a wife, as a daughter, whatever it is. The more we're aware, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls us to tadabr in, in reflection, then you can catch stuff in the moment. You know, most of us were on autopilot and we're like, after it's crashed and burned, we're like, oh, you know, we try to figure it out. And I've learned that when you're perpetually aware, so it's almost like a movement. Like I almost wanted to start a movement, but I'll add to that. The thing that really threw me over the edge was when Dina Tokyo and all the other um, women in the UK started to take off their hijabs. That's where I was sitting on the fence about it. I'm not an internet person. I will tell you when I started my full Muslim, I did not have an Instagram. I did not have a Facebook literally for myself either. Okay. I, I didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. No YouTube. I, I just really was not into that. I'm, I'm very like old school. And I was like, I'm going to learn if this is where everybody's going. And now that's like, all I do. So 
So just for women who are mm-hmm. not like they're tech scared, like don't be. Once you're once you dive in the pool, it'll be okay. But yeah, so I did all that, and that all started from there because yes, it's like I saw that need, I saw that movement, absolutely. I think that was a really good question too. This is going to be tough to follow up. Um, but just as a listener of your podcast, and I know that I binged it at one point once I discovered it, cause I was like looking for all the Muslim, uh, Muslim podcasters. And I, I liked yours in particular and wanted to listen to all of them, not just a subset only because, you know, it's nice when you're talking about like, you know, and, and you know, and all these like really great, beautiful concepts that we have in Islam. But, you know, as a mom doing the regular, um, the regular work it's not always easy to remember. And sometimes people just really need bullet points. They just need the practical advice. And so literally it's like, this is what you're gonna do. This is what you're gonna make. This is how you're gonna, and it's like so easy. And it's not that it's, it's not that it feels like you must do it. You have the option of not doing it, of course, but it's like what you do, what you share about how you address some of that work is just really useful and I feel like it's for women at all stages of motherhood at all ages of motherhood but I would argue that some of it does sound a little bit conservative especially when it starts when you talk about the practical stuff about spiritual practice um, so how do you address um, concerns for women who may not necessarily be as practicing we ourselves get a lot of women that come to our um, spaces and are like hey I'm not such a good Muslim and I don't know this we're, we're of course not scholars and we're not super conservative ourselves. So it's really difficult for us to answer that. We have to direct them to other resources. So tell us how you address the whole gamut of Muslims who are not a monolith and their practices are not. How do you address concerns from those women who are like, I don't know if I can do this in my life? Yeah, that's a really good question. And you know, it's funny. I really never thought of myself as conservative <laughs> until, until this was brought up. Because for me, we have every type of woman that comes to us. I have actually non-Muslims who come to us. Oh. So they're obviously really not practicing. Yeah, I have a lot of non-Muslims. Actually, inside of Thrive right now, there's a good handful of just non-Muslims floating around going, I'm just really interested and I really like what you guys are talking about. You know, even especially after the scene, right? Everybody's seeing all that. How many people are and and like they're just mm-hmm. like oh my gosh this sounds like what i need so many women just like hang out then there's women who come to us that they are just you know whatever they don't really pray they weren't taught anything they're not wearing hijab like whatever and then there's women who are like you know strict 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 and and so what we say is it really has nothing to do with that it just has to do with us as women supporting women come as you are we meet you as you are and to be honest like I have an, an actual flow. So like if, if, it, if it makes sense, okay, for example, a lot of women come to me and they go like, I'm starting from the ground, like help me get up. Like, where do I go from here? Like, I'm this, I have a mom, okay. So I say, the first thing I say is we have actually levels. So inside of Thrive, for example, there's like level one, two, three. Are you a believer in the power of supporting women's voices? Well, we've got an incredible opportunity for you. Momming While Muslims Patreon is here to make a difference and we need your help to amplify women's voices like never before. With Patreon, you have the power to support us and to make a difference. You can become part of an exclusive community that uplifts women's voices from diverse backgrounds and experiences for just the price of a cup of coffee. We can all amplify these amazing voices together. But that's not all. Bonus. You'll get some pretty cool perks as well. Go to our Patreon and find out what those perks are and what level of support you'd like to give. Our goal is to reach 100 patrons by the end of the year, and we believe you can make it happen. So what are you waiting for? Go to mommyingwellmuslim.com, hit the Patreon button to sign up today. Make a difference, be a part of something bigger, and support Momming While Muslim's Patreon. Join us now and let's change the world one podcast at a time. Our sponsor this month is Guidance Residential. 
who is also the sponsor of the 2023 Mass LA Convention this November 23rd through the 25th. With over 50 chapters nationwide, Mass, our Muslim American society, is a dynamic, charitable, religious, social, cultural, and educational organization dedicated to promoting Islamic knowledge, community service, youth programs, and civic engagement. Together, they strive to make a positive impact on society, and we would argue that both Guidance Residential and Mass do that simultaneously. Register for the Mass Conference at M-A-S-L-A convention, all one word, dot org, and go stop by the Guidance Residential booth. And every single woman, I would say you have to go through the levels. And if you get to 11, you're like, oh, I know that level. You can skip it. But genuinely, there's a pathway step by step, even in there. So I, I really actually loved, I wanted to say something. I love that you noticed that in the podcast. That is meant to be my differentiating factor because that's the geeky teacher in me going like, I need next steps. I need bullet points. I need somebody because like, it's like when you go to therapy, have you ever been to therapy? And then there, cause I used to try to put my kids in it after I went to, um, through divorce and I remarried and I, I was like, they need to talk to somebody. And every therapist is like, la la la. And I'm like, my kid's forward. angry. What are they doing tomorrow instead? Oh, you know, I'm glad we had this conversation. I hope you understand your feelings now. I'm like, I need tools. Like, and I would actually, I was so crazy. I would go in and be like, look, I know you just met me and this is our first session, but let me just set some expectations. I need them to know, but I, they need tools. They need this. I'm just expect, and they look at me like, I'm just planning on sitting and listening and helping. I'm just like, I hate mm-hmm. that. So it's nothing against like traditional therapy. It's just that I know our women are so busy. They're on the go. Like you said, I'm a mom. I watched that Mufti Mank YouTube video, but how does that look like in real life? Like I can't <laughs> apply that right now with the screaming toddler and the ketchup all over the floor. So my whole philosophy is like baby steps and let me show you how to do it. So going back to Thrive, the first thing we tell women is mindset reset. So like right there, and it doesn't matter what level of Islam you're on, like everybody needs a little of that. And then we talk about your relationship with the law and we say, look, these are the bare minimum. If you're doing them, keep, you know, then you could skip this. And if you're not, keep watching. And so you can handpick from there what you want, but they're literally really is a step-by-step pathway. People like me need that. No, and that's that's ultimately the difference, you know, when people talk about therapy, which I do think there's a time and a place for it, obviously, but the difference between therapy and going to a therapist and having a coach and getting coached is very different. It's, you know, therapy is about the why you do something and coaching tends to be about the how, like what next, what is that, what's the next um, process? So that's the one thing um, that's a difference um, between the two. And I love that you pointed it out. And obviously you do offer a lot of courses and coaching classes and then a space for women online through Thrive. What are you currently offering right now um, for for people to kind of like go to your platform and be like, this is something I need right now, given everything that's going on in the world? And the second part of that question is, you know, as a mom, as a grandmother, as an entrepreneur, like people want to know what are some action items and how do you have time? to do okay, it. All. Awesome. I'll try my best. So currently, um, it's actually, you know, it's funny inside of thrive. And this is something, this is my philosophy. And I guess as women, you might, when you do a lot of things, you might think of this too. I like to think outside the box and thrive is living and breathing and it's not mine. It's ours. So what I do is I approach the women every year and I said, what do you want to learn? And a lot of them wanted to hear about Muslim professionalism. Like how am I a Muslim in the professional world in the office when I'm with men and I have to deal with this. That's like, there's that religious e and comfort aspect. And how do I be the true me in a place where people are challenged? my identity and all that good stuff politically. So we do that. But then there's also like, I'm a woman and I want my own thing. 
I don't want to like go to work every day. I want to like start my own business. I want to do something online. So we actually are doing, and I don't know when you're going to air this compared to the two things that I'm going to say, but um, the first one is December 18th. We're doing a free workshop where I teach you how to make a blueprint of the next 10 year plan. So that's a free workshop that we're doing. And it's for every level. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you're trying to start your own thing or you're actually in the workplace trying to, you know, find your place. It's about what is your real passion? What are you meant to give on this earth? And are you, are you on your way there? Are you just kind of doing the thing of all everything else? And so we get you to really think, really focus. And then we sit there right there and help you get like the zero to 10 year plan going. And then if you want to continue after that, you can as well. That's the first thing. The second one is, I guess, because of the whole like Black Friday mania, um, a lot of women expect things will be drastically reduced. So we do that. And so right now we're having one of those where it's like 50% or more off of all that we do. So that's the only two things right now. Yeah. Well, you'll be airing this week. So yeah, we'll need the links for all of those freebies so that we can put those out. It's all on the website that we have. It's all on our website, um, www.mindful-melissima.com. You can put it, but it's just right it's on right. our regular. I try to make it easy, right? Because links, like it nobody has time to find those. Yeah. 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 I, I like a good user-friendly website as well, for sure. So, um, you know what I had noticed on the podcast, not necessarily on your website, because I'm not enrolled in your courses, but on the podcast, I was noticing that you're speaking a little bit less about the motherhood aspect and more to single Muslims. And I saw first resources being developed for them. So what cultural changes have you noted in Muslim America that's causing that shift in your focus and that shift in your offerings? What is, what are some of the solutions that you think are um, an answer to these cultural changes? Oh, you guys are so good. You guys are all into the details. I love it. They're like, you're after my own heart. So, um, uh, you know, just noticing and wondering, it's, it's just the thing. It gets you places. So, um, yeah, it's, it's funny because there's this trend of divorce. So I, I'm not saying I'm not into the mommy thing. It's actually funny because in 2024 coming up, I'm like, ooh, what are we doing, right? And I actually have a team. It's not just me, by the way. I have a team of about 60 women. So people don't always know that. And so what happens is, you know, some of them are um, employees and some of them are volunteers. They just want to do the thing. They're into the passion of it. And they're behind the scenes. And we have we have a whole mentorship program and coaching and stuff that it's not for me. I train women to do it. And so with that team, I go to them and I'm like, guys, what are we doing? So a lot of them were expressing the need like and, and again with the audience about like, trouble finding guys and all that stuff like that. And that's a real big problem. And then on top of that, our divorce rate as Muslims is on the rise up to 50%. And a lot of problems, like, okay, a lot of consultation calls I get are marriages in trouble. And I realized that so much of it is that education piece before. And something like 80% of people who get premarital education have like, you know, an X amount. It's like, it's like an astronomical change when you do the educational piece prior. So I said, you know what? Our women weren't taught. It's not their fault. Let's empower them to make better choices and to see things for what they are and know their rights and know, you know, what his rights and everybody's like, it's really clear. So when you make decisions, you're making them with, you know, whatever you think you need to do. So that's why I put more focus there. So it's so funny you said that. And then also, I'm, I'm probably going to go back to some mommying in 2024, but I had to take a minute to address all that for sure. No, I think that that's useful because I feel like if we had had that, like we would have been better mothers or for me, I'm going to speak for myself. I would have been a better mother had I been prepared in that way to fix myself first, you know, because most of motherhood is just addressing some of the trauma mm -hmm. and some of the baggage that we bring to this relationship with our children. And so if you're not healed, you're certainly not going to be able to heal anybody or, you know, give them that, you know, space where they can grow up just kind of unadulterated by, you know, stuff that kind of adulterated you. 
Um, so I think it's, it's, it's really useful what you're offering. And I know, like I, we have noticed, you know, every February we get the requests from moms of daughters, moms of sons, like, Hey, how do we get our kid married? It's so much harder. And we agree wholeheartedly. It is a lot harder. Kids are dealing or young people are dealing with a lot more than we did when we were on the market. And it's, it's, it's very difficult and there's a lot more challenges. So we really appreciate you offering that. And yes, I do look forward to the mothering tips. And that these are the three things, these are the five things, these are the seven things you're going to do. So I really like that. Awesome. I, I love that as well. And I'm looking forward to it. You know, before we wrap up, I, I definitely, you know, because you are doing it all. We as moms, as women, um, carry this kind of like invisible load of things that we have to do, um, whether we're working um, in the house, outside of the house, hybrid of the, of the above. You know, a lot of the times we do get, Uzzam and myself, and I'm sure you get um, a, a plenty as well. Okay, how do you guys manage to do it? What are you doing? What are, what are some steps that you can do to kind of help help people get, get through their day? So, you know, I have a routine. Uzma has a routine um, that is not getting arrested on a day-to-day basis. But, you know, we have a routine that kind of helps get us motivated and get us started. So can do you have something that you can kind of offer somebody right now? Like, uh, do these five things or I do these five things and it helps get through my day to kind of serve as like a launching point for somebody who's like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. And you can say, start here. Yeah, that's a really, really great question. And I'm sorry, you kind of asked that before, and I didn't realize I kind of grazed over to. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's part. Because I, I just feel like with, when somebody has such a wealth of knowledge, we can all learn from each other and uplift one another. And a lot of the times when we talk to people that are in help, that need the help, usually it's this paralysis. Like, I don't even know where to begin. And sometimes it's just as simple as getting up taking one step in front of the other and let's it let's like keep moving forward. So what does that look like for you as mindful Muslima? Excellent. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is when you're asking me, how do you do it? The answer is it's hard. I'm not going to say it's like everything is always great. I feel like there's this, this, this like false reality that like, Oh, figured it out and then you have a schedule mm-hmm. like everything will be smooth and then their kids won't like run down the stairs and like throw cheetos everywhere like it's just not going to happen like like kids are always going to come and they're going to do their own thing on their own time and no matter how you are as a mom and what you've built it really just it's just like you know things coming at you all day and while we think we can control our schedule every single day i've made the like i have a google calendar everyone in my team that needs to has access to it it's color coded it's really really pretty. People are like, oh my gosh, how do you do that? And actually, I sometimes sit with, you know, the women in Thrive and I talk about how to build calendars and put things in your planners and we go into all of that. But the funny thing is, it's never exactly like that. It doesn't matter. It really just doesn't. So I just want to say that for reality check for women. Um, just because I do all those things doesn't mean like it just flows freely with all of the things that I that I understand and know. But what does make all the difference is knowing how to respond instead of react. So the first the first thing I want yes. to say is when you like, I think you, as we were talking about, like doing that work on yourself before. So let's say you've done some of that mindset reset, which is what I encourage. The first thing it does is it trickles into every area of your life. Now I'm more mindfully aware of what's going on and I don't like scream when I see something. I just kind of like stop for a moment, think about how I want to respond in 10 to 20 seconds and I have a better response, hopefully. So the first thing is if you do a little bit of that 
on your own self, it's going to go into everywhere and make it easier. So that's the first thing I want to tell women is like understanding that concept of emotional regulation. Not that you're going to do it in five steps. I'm just throwing it out there as some like precursors that bump it up, you know, like, you know what they call that, like uh, that special sauce, like that's definitely going to do it. So and just one other kind of like pro tip special sauce is like also um, when you're constantly connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just in prayer, like if there's nothing else you do, this sunnah, the da'as, this whatever, if you just literally can please keep your five prayers on lock, that alone, you have this constant flow of conversation. So without getting into the technical yes. pieces yet, which I will right now, I just want to say those two things work wonders. And so that's really, really important. Now going to like the actual things that help me stay solid, I will tell you it is one other than that, like on a technical piece, one major thing. And that's, I have systems for everything. Having mm -hmm. um, routines and planners and checkers are really great, but if everything lives in silos and they're done different ways every time, it's chaos in the house. If I have different ways every day, I, I clean things or I do things, it's not going to work. I have a way that I wake up in the morning. I have a way that I go to sleep. I have a way that I wake my children, same time. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, so my kids know in the morning and it's up on the wall so they can read it. If they're not old enough to read, it's in picture form, making it really simple here. Why? Because they're going to keep asking me, what's next in 30 minutes? What are you doing today? Mm -hmm. oh, as if I didn't tell them like 20 times already. So I just go, what? Look over there. <laughs> like, look at the board. And then, yeah, you know, just have it up there. And they're like, oh, and makes them self-sufficient. And children naturally, as mommies know, like they just, they need scheduling and all that good stuff. So here you go. And now even my kids, when I go on trips, they want to know, what do we do? I literally give them an itinerary and I'm like, I put it in writing or pictures because they could stop asking. When they ask me, I'm like, yes. look over there. So um, in the morning, my kids know you cannot come down before 8 a.m. That's my rule. Why? Because that's my time. <laughs> you may not come. I start them from four or five years old. They know you could be up. You can play in your room. You have blocks. You have whatever. When you get older, you have other, I don't do devices in the room. But the point is that you have those things at eight o'clock. They know they watch the clock. They come down and then it's breakfast from this time to this time. We have little bunnies. We feed the bunnies and then they have a little playtime. Then they start into their work. I homeschool too. So what happens is they're home and I'm doing all that. There's a time for lunch. There's a time for break. On Fridays, we have fun Fridays. There's a special day. Predictability for the children is easier in my schedule. Is someone not gonna cry or scream? No, of course they are, but you know, there's that. And so even myself in the Fisher time, I'm up six to, six to eight, that's my time journaling, writing. So the way I start my day is alone. For women who have smaller kids, babies, one year old, that's a different expectation. I Now, so I have yes. one system and I teach it actually, it's called life balance. And so if you have it, it tweaks depending on your season. Mm -hmm. A woman who had a new baby should not have the same expectations of herself. A woman who has a two-year-old, has five kids now, is married, divorced. Every season, that same system, the system doesn't change. It's unlocked, but it's tweaked. Tweaked. How? By muraqaba. That's where the mindfulness comes in. I notice I'm entering a new season. We teach women how to notice. We teach them how mm -hmm. to just tweak their schedule. I, I teach them how to check in with themselves. So um, if just in a nutshell, it's having a system and then also having that alone time with yourself in the morning, depending on what season is there's expectations. Is it 10 minutes or two hours? And then um, just, I actually do check-ins during the day and I do check-ins during the week. That 
the continuous self-awareness lets me tweak. So as of Wednesday, I thought I was going to get so much more done. Obviously, that's not happening. So then I tweak. By Friday, I'm checking one more time. Sunday, I'm doing that. What am I doing next week? What do I have left over? I'm not doing that like at the end of the month or the end of the year. I hope my goals went well. It's constantly checking in with myself. And midday, I, I honestly will usually too. And it takes two minutes. It becomes habitual. This is how you develop yes. consistency. And what does Allah love? Consistent deeds. How do you do those? Remember, we're talking about like, how do you actually do consistency as a mom? Mm -hmm. It's like this. You have to have a system. So overall, I would say have a system. Um, it's not something you learn overnight to do, but it's it's something once you have it, that's it. You have it for life and you tweak in your seasons and you're good to go. And it really helps you not procrastinate and, and all those other things that we hate ourselves for. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love is, you know, addressing that there's different seasons and like, you can't, it's apples and oranges when yes. you're comparing like, you know, newbornhood to having teenagers, to having a college age kid. It's completely different. And sometimes there's multiple seasons <laughs> yes, in the day. Especially when you have different sets like that you out. guys do. So allowing, and, and allow, because I'm like you, I have, I have the older set and my younger set. And like, you have to manage those expectations of yourself and how to, and, and allowing yourself the forgiveness that I'm doing the best that I can with what I have. I was just thinking if, if I thought of the first next step, because I know that could seem big as a system, I want to be impractical. The um, thing I would say to women is I have this uh, free downloadable. I tell women, you start here if you're feeling overwhelmed. It's a four point journaling where every morning for five minutes, you catch how am I feeling? And then you pivot to the positive I'm grateful for. And then it's, I am, I feel. It's kind of like this little pivot from negative emotions when you wake up or fear, anxiety or whatever, overwhelm of the day. And I'm still tired from yesterday. It's like, I'm ready to do it today in five minutes. And I do that because I think women, if you could just catch yourself in that moment, when you first wake up, before all the flooding yeah. of the negativity and the overwhelm comes, you have such a better day. For me, that's what helped me. And that's why I suggest it. So I just want to say like something small like that could be your starting point. So I apologize. Go ahead. I know no, you're. Yeah, no, I think that's no, I love the that. systems are great. And I think uh, when people do ask us, like, how do you do it all? My stock answer is I don't, you know, I don't do it all at once. You know, I am capable of doing everything, mm -hmm. just not all at once, you know, because there's one of me and I have these four children and all these other responsibilities. So, you know, when you have the systems, you can put your priorities in place. You, you make your priority list and you see how the system needs to be tweaked for each of those priorities at that time um, or at that season. And I find that that's really helpful and was really stress alleviating for me to know that I was not responsible for doing it all at the same time. Like that's, it's just not reasonable. And I, I don't want to, that's my second answer. I don't want to do it all. And I think that the fact that you are able to um, have these comprehensive resources for women uh, is, is also an example of not necessarily doing it all, but being capable of doing it all at again, different seasons and there's different ways to do it. So I really appreciate that for myself and for um, all of our mom sisters out there. We really appreciate you coming on today and we're, you know, so sorry that we weren't able to do it before because we know that a lot of moms have needed you and that will continue to need you and we'll have your links in the show notes for them. And everybody remember that December 18th is going to be her free offering. Oh, it's the 16th. 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 If oh, I said 18th, 16th. that's the right Oh, okay. Sorry. So sorry. Yeah. Don't miss it, guys. It's the 16th. Um, so we'll have her website on there so you can register for it. And I will probably be registering as well, inshallah. So yeah, thank you so much for being on today. We so appreciate you. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. 
Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Mommy While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Thank you.